What is up, Steeler Nation, and welcome to the second episode of the Yenzational Podcast. I am your host, Juni Riddle, here along with my boys and my co-host, Mark Webster and John Reynolds. Fellas, we took another L on Sunday to the Buffalo Bills on Sunday Night Football. The offense looked like a complete disaster. The defense stepped up there in the first half, but they didn't look as good in the second, but If anybody had an excuse, it would be them, considering how many starters we were missing in that game against Buffalo. Uh, So now we're looking at the last three games of the year. We're heading to Monday Night Football to play our division rival, the Cincinnati Bengals. And right now, it just doesn't look like the Steelers are on pace to do anything in the playoffs this year if they don't get some of these problems fixed. Fellas, let's get into it. I'm going to start with you, John. What did you see from the game, and what do you think the Steelers can do to fix these offensive woes? Let me tell you, man, it was not a fun time. There was no smile on my face for the majority of that game. The defense, I probably was too upset with them, but I saw a lot of red. I was really upset. I mean, uh, the offense did not look pretty, did not look good. Uh, if I'm uh, if I'm on Tinder, I'm definitely not swiping right. Uh, but they they did not look good. They did. It's just I mean, safe to say the off the offense sucks right now. I mean, I'm not gonna lie. The the running back uh, the running game. Excuse me, James Conner, <laughs> dude. I'm calling for his jersey. Um, send him home. Send him packing. Uh, tell his mom and daddy we love him. But peace. Uh, I'm just saying it's just not working out for me right now. The running game as a whole has got to step up though. If we're gonna get more uh, running, give more options. We gotta have McFarland Snell. Uh, Samuel Stiller, we got to get those guys going too. If we're gonna, if we are gonna make a change, wideouts ain't doing great. Man, I just tell you, I'm not, I'm not a happy dude. I'm not happy at all. Um, I may be sour grapes right now. Maybe a Scrooge. It's just, just, just how I feel right now. I'm not happy whatsoever. A disappointment performance, given the fact that they had a chance to win this game. They played a solid first half of football. Um, I think Ben, uh, kind of, you know, he misread that that throw, of course which calls for pick six. Um, but overall, man, like Pittsburgh, they were playing shorthanded on defense. They still made a way to stay in the game, which shows me heart. But I want to need a little bit more than that, man. Like, I, I just think that the Steelers had a chance to win this game. Like, they really they, – they did what I told them to do. If they can get turnovers, if they can get after the quarterback, if they can limit – Stephon Diggs and Cole Weasley to a limit, like to a limit of, you know, a certain amount of receiving yards to not have a chance. But then we know Stephon Diggs went crazy. Um, Cole Beasley had a decent game, but not as much as Diggs had. But it was really, it was a disappointment performance. But despite all the injuries, I mean, it, it was very catastrophic, Jimmy and John. Listen, y'all, I gotta be, I, I gotta be quite frank here. I am furious with how this offense has been playing. This offense isn't playing Pittsburgh Steelers football. This offense isn't playing ground and pound in the run game. This offense doesn't have a deep vertical threat the way that Ben Roethlisberger has been throwing the ball this season. This dink and dunk stuff was working in August. It was working September and October. The weather's getting colder, fellas. And so is this offense. The offensive line isn't getting a push. They need to get it going. Kevin Dotson, 
he might be the answer to that again, going up against Cincinnati and for the remainder of the season. I don't know, but James Conner isn't getting it done. It doesn't really look like Benny Snell, when he's getting it, getting in the game, is getting it done as much either. So I don't know what the issue is. Claypool's not getting that many targets. Deontay Johnson and Eric Ebron keep dropping the ball. Don't get me started on Eric Ebron. We'll get into him a little bit later. But guys, these fellas have got to step up on all cylinders. You cannot move the ball offensively. If you do not have a vertical threat in the passing game, if you do not have a run game, this dink and dunk stuff is over. It's not going to work. And if it keeps going, this team will lose in the wild card round after starting 11-0. How disappointing will that be if they do that? I don't want to see it happen. And even if they do get a favorable matchup there, they're not getting past the divisional round if they do not fix these offensive woes. It's just not going to work out. I mean, it's just not going to happen right now. It's not in the cards. Uh, the running game, as we mentioned, we've already talked about it. We're beating the dead horse. It's awful right now. And what we're doing with this dink and dunk stuff, like you said, Junie, we're trying to substitute short passes for a run game. And in the NFL and any professional line of football, anything, you're talking about AFL, CFL, whatever you want to talk about, it's not going to work. You cannot substitute short passes for a run game. It will not happen because you simply become one-dimensional. And right now, Ben's having to force downfield, trying to compensate for his lackluster backfield, trying to force things downfield, double coverages, making throws that he may not simply be able to make right now. It's as tough as it is for me to say, as big of a pill it is for me to swallow, Ben's getting old. His arm is not the same arm from old. It's not the same arm he had in college. It's not the same arm he had when we won Super Bowls. It's just simply not him right now. And he's got to be able to do with what he has physically and do with what he has in terms of personnel. And right now his personnel is not helping him. His personnel is not doing him any favors and he's forcing. So when we don't have a run game, we go downhill and go downhill quickly. So I think in terms of fixing things, it has to be done abruptly. It has to be done very, very soon because if we don't figure it out against Cincinnati, when will we? We still have Indy on the schedule. We still have Cleveland on the schedule. It's not looking good right now. And boy, I would love to have a smile on my face, but I simply do not. The offense has to run the ball. Like it's, there's no excuse to run. Like you have to run the ball. If you want to win games, you have to run the ball. And they have to adjust to Ben Roethlisberger. The man cannot throw 75 times. The man had a, an elbow surgery. You can't throw the ball 75 times. Like, you just can't. You have to utilize those guys like Benny Snell and McFarland. These guys are used to playing wildcat on offense. Like, throw these guys in there. Get Clay, Claypool around the in reverse. Get Deontay Johnson around the in, the ver, in reverse. Get Vance McDonald involved. Like, short passes to Vance. 10-yard chuck. Like, if you're going to throw the ball at least 10 yards – that's when you can start utilizing the Ebron and the McDonald's and at least try to get guys open in open space like Juju. He's good at that. He's good with the extra yards. He's good at that. He's known for doing that. They have to find a way to do that, but we can't keep dropping the dang ball. We can't. It's catastrophic. You cannot let that happen. Like I'm just telling you, like we will get bounced. Like you said, first round, and I don't want to hear that because that's all people have been telling me. Pittsburgh frauds. Pittsburgh frauds. They really want to show folks they're not frauds. They need to hang at least 55 on Cleveland. I, I, I know it's over-exaggerating because that really don't mean nothing because then they got to play Indy and then they got to play Cleveland. But I, I, need a, I need a relief game. I need, I need maybe five touchdowns from them just to ease a little pressure off. I need two rushing touchdowns from James Conner just before I say it's time to find a new home. That's it. That's what I got. 
for me, I think James Conner's done after this year. I mean, he's a great story. He's a great guy. He's a great person to have in the organization, but simply he just does not have the skill set to be the bell horse that we need him to be. Now, is Benny Snell the answer to that? Is Benny Snell the answer to that? I, I'm not sure. Personally, you know what I want to see? I want to see Anthony McFarland get more touches. This guy is easily the fastest and most quick and versatile back that we have. I get he's a rookie. I get he doesn't have a lot of experience. But, I mean, listen, this offensive line isn't moving defensive lines like they used to do. It's just not happening. I mean, we need to get a guy in there that can create his own space, that can make more than just one move and run downhill. I think that this guy needs the opportunity to get in there. Do you all agree? Do you all think Benny Snell needs an opportunity? Hell, does Jalen Samuels need an opportunity, guys? Who do you all think is the answer at running back right now? Benny had his opportunity. He had his opportunity when Connor was out. So I think that, not saying Benny didn't have, you know, a, a, a bad performance, but he's had, his, he's had his opportunity to literally tell Tomlin, Hey, this is my job. Make Connor the two man. Period. Point blank. He's had his opportunity. Jalen Samuels, on the other hand, ooh, I'm not a big, I'm not too much of a fan with it. But like I said, you have to utilize these guys and their strength, doing plays that benefits them. If you don't do that, you're not going to have any success. Something's got to change. I don't care who gets in the offs. I just don't want it to be Connor no more. To be honest with you, I mean, I just don't think he's. I just don't think he's got it. I just don't think he's it. I just don't think he's that dude. I mean, if it's McFarland, if it's Snell, if it's Samuels, heck, if it's Trey Edmonds off the practice squad, I don't care who it is. It's got to be somebody. Somebody's got to step up. And if, hey, listen, if you give those three, four guys all the carries and you say, hey, Connor, I'll grab some pine for a couple weeks. I mean, maybe it'll light a fire under him. Who knows? Maybe it'll be the best thing for him to be like, hey, we're taking your, your touches, we're taking your carries, and we're giving them to some hungry folks, just like they might do with some, some receivers. If receivers don't start catching some balls, they may say, hey, man, uh, here's, here's your walking papers. We'll go get somebody off the street that can catch a ball. So, I mean, it's at this point, you just have to find that guy. And, Junior, you mentioned McFarlane. I think he's a different animal. He's got that type of shiftiness. He's got that agility. He's got that speed. But I think more than anything, he's got that kind of vision. You saw it at Maryland. He was a different breed. He was a different guy. He made plays. Samuels has that kind of ability to catch passes out of the backfield. But he also is a bruiser in terms of third down plays. But Benny Snell, like you said, Mark, he's had his opportunity. But Benny, I think, has something an it factor of sorts that he can possibly be that guy, but he also can be kind of clumped with James Conner in terms of, is he really able to make that big of an impact if he gets that maximum amount of carries, but we shall see. It's got to make a change. It's got to be something changing though. Uh, John, I think that Benny Snell has an opportunity to be that future guy. I just don't know if it's there yet. I mean, he is a very similar back to Conner. He's younger. I, he's obviously his availability is a lot better than what we've seen from James because it seems like he's just getting injured every other game and he's always missing time, even in 2018 when he had his best year and made a Pro Bowl. Uh, but with that being said, you mentioned something about the receivers as well in these drops. And Eric Ebron and Deontay Johnson need to get their stuff together, man. I am so sick of these drops. I was looking at a graphic today, fellas, and this man, Ben Roethlisberger, is leading the NFL with receivers in drop passes with 37 drop passes. The, the three quarterbacks behind him is Matthew Stafford with 29. So Ben Rossberger has 37. The next 
highest is Matt Stafford with 29, Matt Ryan with 28, Aaron Rodgers with 27. It's not even close. It is up and beyond that Ben Roethlisberger in this receiving core is struggling the most with drops. And it starts with Eric Ebron and Deontay Johnson. Do you all think that Vance McDonald and James Washington deserve more reps? Or do you take the talent knowing that if they do catch the ball, they're going to do more with it? I mean, it's, it's a tough decision to make because when Deontay Johnson came off the bench in the fourth quarter, the offense seemed to be moving again. So it's like my, my heart is torn in two. I want them to make a statement. I want them to put guys in that are going to catch the ball. But these guys are big time playmakers. So, fellas, what do you think? What do you think the answer is? What are we going to do with these guys? Well, first of all, they're not going to bench Deontay Johnson. The man is too talented, and he's one of the only receivers that is consistent when it comes to this year's offense. So I feel like. Yeah, he's had his drops. Yeah, he's had, you know, his misunderstandings. But the man has put up 100-yard receiving games and back-to-back games throughout the throughout this uh, season. So it, it has happened. So I know he can do it. I know he's capable of producing. I know he can be a leader. But you just can't keep dropping the ball. And I think when Thomas set him on the bench, like he said, he was really pleased how Deontay responded. He kept his helmet on. And he just once he once his number was called again, he went out there and played grown man football. And as you look at it, you see how the offense was moving. These guys just really have to have a chip on their shoulder. Like I mean, like it says, eleven and two right now, and all the laughing stocks of Claypool tweeting, losing, never heard of you. You know now you're you lost two games straight, uh, one to Washington football team, and then now to the Buffalo Bills, who were respected to beat Pittsburgh. Let's be honest, like people already circled that game on the calendar because they think Pittsburgh has – I mean, they think Buffalo has their number. But it comes down, like I said, Deontay Johnson and Vance McDonald and Eric Ebron, like these guys, it's any man's shot. It's any man's shot, fellas. I'll say this. In terms of being a receiver right now in our arsenal, you got Juju, you got Chase Claypool. That's your one and two, obviously whether Claypool's not playing very well right now or not, not getting his touches right now or not. He's – him and Juju locked in one and two. Now, if you're Mike Tomlin, you need a third receiver, what you're doing is you're wanting a guy who can catch a ball. You're not asking him to do a whole lot. You want a guy that can be a possession receiver, a guy that can be short, can run a slant route, run something just a smaller, shorter route that can catch a ball. And then, obviously, with Deontay Johnson's speed or James Washington's catching ability downfield, you can hit him when you have an opportunity. But when you're asking that third receiver, you're just asking him to be consistent. Right now, we don't have that guy in terms of Deontay Johnson. So I disagree with you, Mark. I just don't think right now he, he has all the talent in the world. But when you look at the position they play, it's wide receiver. And right now, he's not receiving the ball. So that's a big talking point. So Johnson right now, I think, is maybe shifted behind James Washington because what Washington is, Washington's done is been like, hey, I may not be the most talented. I may not be the fastest guy. I may not be a first-round draft pick. I may not be the number one guy you're going to look at in terms of the receivers on the team. But I'm a guy that will catch the ball in crunch time. I'm a guy that will catch the ball when Ben needs me to. And, hey, if you're going to do anything, you need to make friends with Ben Roethlisberger. And what you're going to do by doing that is catching the ball. So catch it, haul it in. And you talk about tight ends, Ebron, I think Vance McDonald in terms of – I mean, athleticism, Ebron's got McDonald beat. When you think about all that a tight end does in terms of encompassing the position, in terms of blocking, in terms of helping out in the run game, in terms of being a guy that's more consistent across the middle, being a guy that can make plays downfield, I think Vance McDonald all around is the better guy. Is Ebron the better athlete? Of course, no question. But Ebron has got to step up and make plays, and he's also got to get his head on his shoulders, which I don't think he does right now. 
I'm going to have to disagree with you about Deontay Johnson, John. It's just when he is on the field, the defense's eyes are lasered in on this kid. I mean, he led the league in separation yards as a rookie last year, and that's with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph. I mean, listen, I get it. He's been dropping the ball the last three weeks. I, I, com- I completely understand but when he's on the field, he's electric. You have to watch out for him. There's no way you let this guy slip. He's going to take it to the crib. He has that kind of quickness, that kind of shiftiness. And when he actually does bring that ball in, he is electric with it. I think he is going to wake up after this. Big Ben said it in his presser today that, you know, the team surrounded him. They were there for him. They supported him even through when he got benched. And when he came back out, he, you know, he got right back in there and he started doing his thing. Ben Roethlisberger is hopeful that he's going to get back in. He says he's embracing him. He says he's going to be ready to go against Cincinnati. And I trust Ben Roethlisberger. Now, when it comes to Eric Ebron and Vance McDonald, you know what? I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm, I'm done. I'm done with Eric Ebron. I don't, I don't care. I don't care how talented you are. I don't care what you did in 2018 with Andrew Luck. This, this is the guy right now. This is not a Pittsburgh Steeler to me. He, he, one, he can't block. Two, he's dropping balls. And three, he's going up to Josh Allen after the game, dabbing him up, sounding like he just woke up and got his favorite Christmas present. Okay? Listen, this isn't what I want to sit here and, and listen to, guys. I don't want to sit here and see a guy go up and shake hands with a dude and say, hey, man, nice game. Really glad you just whooped up on us. And I'm glad that, you know, we just dropped two games. Y'all probably going to pass this up in the playoffs. No, I don't want to hear that. That's ridiculous. That's absurd. And once you just get smacked in the mouth like that, you have no right to go over there, especially when you're the one dropping balls. So Eric Ebron, I'm done. Put Vance McDonald in. Let that man sit and soak until he can figure out what it means to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. Man, okay. So I do agree with, you know, the whole – uh, Eric Ebron doing the crazy thing with Josh Allen and being fanboy and literally doing all these unnecessary things post game, but we got to keep Ebron in there. We, I mean, we have to, I mean, look what he's done this year. I know mean, he's had drop passes, but Ebron, he'll give you, I mean, he's, he's made some plays. I mean, he's, he's made some plays down the line and I feel like that he'll give us enough to sustain. I mean, he's a good third down player. He's a good second and five. But he's going to have to catch the ball. Like, he's going to have to. Part of the reason why the Colts let him walk is because he didn't catch the darn ball. So, I don't think that just completely going Vance over Ebron would be a good idea. Maybe we can do, like, a jumbo set and have both of them out there. That would really throw teams out, like, move an empty set and just really just do something that will really throw offensive uh, defensive teams off because that will really allow Ben Roethlisberger to have two tight end weapons. And with Vance McDonald and Eric Ebron out there at the same time, like you said, Vance can block. Ebron, I don't know, but he he has athleticism. And he'll get you a couple good catches. So to sit him down completely, I wouldn't do that just because, I mean, paying the man. So just benching him just because of that nonsense to happen. I think Tomlin should have a talk with that man and tell him that's not Steelers football. I'm sure the veterans on that team have had words with him um, because he's been the talk of Pittsburgh. Um, Several radio show hosts have called him out. Several former players have called him out. Trust me, y'all. That man, I think he's heard enough of that. Hey, I'll, I'll say this uh, to backtrack somewhat. We talked about Deontay Johnson. What Junie said, he said, um, he said, when he catches the ball, he can do a lot of things with it. But for me, and then when Ebron, when he catches the ball, he can do a lot of things. He's real talented. But for me, 
I don't want to, I don't know. I don't want to think about when he catches it or if he catches it, you know, if he can catch, if he can do this, if he, he might do this, you know, he might do that. I don't want to hear about it. I want him to do it. Like, cause Mark said, we're paying Ebron that money. We drafted Deontay Johnson to be that third guy. I need those guys to step up and do that. Now to go into the Ebron situation, Junie, say you're bullying me in school. Say you take my lunch money. I'm upset. I'm not going to go up to you and be like, you know what, Junie? Thanks, man. Thanks for stealing my lunch money. It's so nice of you to do that. You don't do that. You don't, you don't go up to somebody that just knocked you around, beat you senseless, made you look bad, especially when you played awful, Eric Ebron. You played dog bone. You played terrible. Don't come up to somebody and be like, hey, man, appreciate it. Good game. I don't want to see it, okay? When uh, Mike Tyson bit Evander Holyfield, ear you think Evander Holyfield went hey man that felt pretty good when you bit my ear no he didn't it hurt you should take a loss poorly you shouldn't be happy that you lost you shouldn't be dapping dudes up when you go out in the middle of the field shouldn't tell Josh Allen that he's all that in a bag of chips he might be but you don't tell him that also you aren't you're not going to see Heath Miller do that you're not going to see Matt Spath do that you're not going to see Heinz Ward do that you're not going to see Troy Polamalu do that Casey Hampton Brett Kiesel you're not going to see any of those dudes go up to anybody back in the day after they got their butt whipped and say hey man thanks for kicking me around today you know what you do a great job at beating us you don't do that man that's not how you play any sport professionally amateur anything you don't go up to anybody and be like hey thanks for being great today and thanks for having me be look awful you don't do that so simply put Ebron fix it man okay I'm getting tired of it Woo, boys, that was, that was some hot stuff right there. That was some hot stuff. But let's get into a little bit more positives here. We are going up against the Cincinnati Bengals, and we already dogged them when they had Joe Burrow, and we are now playing them when they do not have Joe Burrow. So this is a game that we probably should easily win. Now, it's never going to be easy being, uh, you know, playing Pittsburgh Steelers football because it seems like they're going to play with just about everybody. So we really need to get in this win. But on, on a good note, I mean, we're getting Joe Hayden back. We're getting Vince Williams back. Uh, I mean, Avery Williamson looks like he filled in pretty nicely. You know, Highsmith, uh, from all accounts, seems like he's going to be okay. I know he was in and out with an ankle. So these things are going to be good. I feel like the defense is going to come out, and I think that we're going to dominate this game. I really do. I'm going to personally be there. Me and my dad, for our birthday, uh, we ended up getting tickets, and we're going to go watch, and we got some really good seats, and I'm sitting right behind the Cincinnati Bengals bench. And you can best believe they are going to hear me run my mouth all game long, baby. I'm going to be in those boys' ears. And I think we're going to get it done. I think we're going to get it easy, guys. So let's get into our game predictions this week. I mean, I don't really want to go much into this matchup because there's really not much to talk about. We should really dominate this game. So I'm saying the Steelers win this game 38-13, to 13, guys. What are your all score predictions for this one? Man, you guys are going to hate me. <laughs> You guys are going to hate me on this one, man. Don't say nothing you're going to regret. Don't say <laughs> nothing you're going to regret. Hey, man, I just feel like that – so a lot of weird stuff has been happening in the NFL, man. And I think that the Bengals are not going to beat us. Are you kidding me? Come on now. I ain't that crazy, man. You think you think if I pick Buffalo to lose us, you think I'm going to turn around and get on this podcast and choose the Cincinnati Bengals? I could probably go out there and beat them bums. I like to say, yeah, I'm going to call them bums because they're bums. We might be playing like bums right now, but we aren't bums. That franchise, bums. So I think we're going to open a can of butt whooping on them. It's going to be a dominant performance. I'm going to go, let's see, realistically, I really think it's going to be like 27 to 14. 
just because Pittsburgh always finds a way just to keep it close. You know, Monday night football ratings are going to be high regardless because people really think, you know, Pittsburgh has a chance to lose this game. I mean, just because that it's the way they've been playing. I'd like them to go out there and prove them wrong. I think the run game gets going. I think um, Benny Snell gets a decent amount of rushes. I don't think Connor's going to be playing, so we'll see, man. It's either eat or be eaten. I like the Pittsburgh Steelers to bounce back and really get the ball back moving. I think this is very critical for them uh, starting this week. Yeah, we lost two games. It's okay. I mean, things could be worse. We could not be clinched like last year. I mean, we've seen what happened last year. We blew literally like a five. How many games was it we blew and we didn't even make the playoffs with Doug Hodges? Like, so I, I just think that we just need to take a deep breath. We get back on board, and we just really get on this run, man. Let's go Steelers. Mark, man, you had me reeling there for a second. I was thinking, what is this man about to say? I know Junie's acting the same way. I was like, golly, man. Mark, you about to have me bring your Christmas gift back. I was like, I want to revoke all my friend privileges. I was like, this man's smoking something. I didn't know what he was talking about. But, I, dude, this game, if we do not figure it out against Cincinnati, if we go in there and we struggle against the Bengals, boy, let me tell you, we got much bigger problems coming down the line, and their names are the Indianapolis Colts and the the Cleveland Browns. If we do not go in here and stomp a mud hole and walk it dry, Austin 316, let me tell you, we're not going to go in there and patty cake around, mess around, and take our ball and go home. It ain't going to happen that way. Pittsburgh Steelers are not going to go in there and not dominate like they should because if they go in there and they get kicked around by the Bengals, boys, it's over. I tell you now, it's over because it's, it's not going to be a pretty day if that happens. But secondly, um, we just got to get it done because if we're not going to figure it out, we never will. Run game's got to get going. Whoever it may be, if they want to get Joe Schmo off the street, they got to get somebody to run the ball. Mark, they might give you a call. They might want you up there. I mean, they might they might want you to run the ball. Junior, you can run the ball probably. They got to get something done. And I think we win, and I think we have to. I think we have to win big. If we don't go in here with a dominant performance, make a statement, take this W home and be like, hey, we're ready for these next two weeks, and then we're ready for the playoffs. We're ready – to kick some hind in, I, I think it's got to be done, boys. So I think we need to go in there and put up at least 30. Uh, I, I'm going to say 31 to 17 will be the final score, and I will be not satisfied with anything less. Ben's got to put some touchdowns up. Uh, running backs got to get into the end zone. The defense has got to make plays, make statements, say, hey, we're number one in the league for a reason. TJ Watts got to get some sacks. Avery Williamson, do your thing again. And just got to get this thing rolling, baby, because if we don't figure it out right now, we aren't going to because we're too late into the game to find our puzzle pieces. We got to get it done next week. Bengals, take this ale. All right, fellas, let's end the show on this. So right now we are the two seed in the AFC. We still have an opportunity to get the number one seed, but in my humble opinion, I don't think they're going to pass up Kansas City unless some crazy stuff happens. Uh, so with that being said, we have an opportunity here to talk about which wild card team uh, we want to see the most. So I think there's about four teams that I think that actually have a chance to make it into that spot. And that's the Miami Dolphins, the Indianapolis Colts, the Baltimore Ravens, and the Cleveland Browns. I was about to say clowns. I wanted to say those Cleveland clowns but the Cleveland Browns. Guys, out of all those teams that are probably most likely going to be in those wild card spots, which ones do you all want to see the most? I don't want to see none of them, really, the way they've been playing, but they'll be, they should be ready. Go ahead and give me Indy. Um, 
being from Indy, I know how Pittsburgh matches up with Indy. They don't scare me. Their defense is really good. That's why I really want that matchup. Because if you get Indy first round, that really shows, that really sets the momentum. Because that means that if you can knock off Indy, that means the next game, you're going to have another tougher challenge. And then plus, it all depends on how we play Indy um, in a couple weeks. So if we play Indy good after uh, Cincy, and if we lose to Indy, I think it makes it even more of a chess match where we can go ahead and handle them. But like I said, Indy um, is a team that I would like to see. But they have a lot of weapons, man. Uh, another team that I would kind of throw out there are the Dolphins. I think they're really immature just because of what they've who they have on the offensive side. Um, I think Tua is good, but I think as we've seen, like him under pressure can really cause him to fold. So between Indy and Miami, but the more I think about it, I don't want to see Indy, so I'll give me Miami. All right, for me, Mark, I don't I don't really want to see Indy at all. I don't know, man. It's, it's something about them that doesn't – I don't know. That doesn't sit well with me right now. Something about that team just seems that they could be one of those that we go out there and lay an egg against. So, I don't know if I want to see Indy. But also, you look at this grand scheme of things, we've beaten Baltimore twice. we still got Cleveland to play. And if we beat them twice, that'd be great. But it's really, really hard to beat a team three times in one season. So I think if we match up with Baltimore or Cleveland, it could be a problem. Just hear me out. So I think I don't want to completely agree with Mark in terms of Miami because as in terms of the easiness of the game, I think Miami would be the easiest dub for us. Not saying they're not a competitive team. Not saying they don't have talent because they do. Two is doing his thing. The offense and the defense is looking good. You got Christian Wilkins making plays out of Clemson, doing a great job for them this year. So I think I would want to see Miami, but as a fan, I would love to put a third W on Baltimore or put a third W on Cleveland. But as I said, it's very, very hard to do that, to beat a team three times. So as much as I want to beat up on everybody, because I want to see the Steelers go all the way, but right now, as you said, Junie, uh, they're slated behind Kansas City. And I don't think that hurdle will be jumped anytime soon. I'm going to go with Miami as well, even though Indianapolis will be a close second. All right, fellas. And I, I completely understand where we're coming from, where we don't want to see a division rival, because like we said, yes, it is hard to beat a team three times in one season, but we haven't even beaten Cleveland twice yet. So, I mean, that is still yet to come. But here's my deal, and hear me out. I want to see the Cleveland Browns round one, and I don't think it's going to happen that way, just the way things are lining up. It's probably not going to happen. It's probably the least likely team that we'll face. But I'm going to tell you what. Nothing pisses me off more than Cleveland Browns fans because as soon as anything good happens in their lives, all they want to do is chirp and talk and talk your ear off. And as soon as the Steelers lows, they're like, oh, the gate's open. The gate's open. We're coming, Pittsburgh. We're coming. Well, you want to know what, Cleveland? We waxed y'all earlier this season 38-7, to and I think we are built to beat y'all again. Cleveland's main prerogative is to run the ball. They're a top three running team in the entire league. What do we do best? We stop the run. We get pressure. Baker Mayfield's one of those quarterbacks that he looks fantastic when he has all day, but he looks atrocious when he's under pressure. This team is going to do it. I don't want to see Indy because of that defense, even though I think that we would be okay because Phillip Rivers would cause turnovers against our defense. I don't think that he could shine against us. And then you look at the Miami Dolphins. I mean, the one thing I don't want to see Miami 
is purely because Brian Flores was up there in New England. He played in that New England defense, uh, defensive system for years. They had our number. And when you look at Miami, they force turnovers. That defense is elite. And Tua Tungavailoa, although he's very unexperienced, he does not turn the ball over. So with that being said, I don't, I don't know. I think Miami could potentially be a trap game. So out of all the matchups, and obviously I'm not going to say Baltimore because I think Baltimore is going to be the, easily the best wild card team if they get in, which I, I very much so think they're going to win out and get in. Uh, but, yes, I want to see the Cleveland Browns purely from a matchup standpoint. Only thing I'll say with that, is we wrap up the season with Cleveland and then turn around and play them again in the playoffs would be, man, it'd be tough. I'm just saying we could do it. It could be done. W's can be had. But the only thing I see, see there, Junie, is that you play a team right there to end the season and then turn around and say, hey, let's, let's completely try to do the same pattern and get another W again because then they would just be fresh on what we're doing. We would be fresh on what they're doing. So I think it, it could be an issue. Mark? So it kind of reminds me of when – Alex Smith and the Kansas City uh, Chiefs had to play, I believe it was some team, the following week, and they rested the starters. Can't think what team it was, but it happened. Give me, like you said, that would be a good matchup because Ben wouldn't play that last game. I guarantee you. He wouldn't. We would have the division locked. He would not play that game. That's extra week worth of rest. Regardless, it would be a home game. Give it to me. Mark, I completely agree. If the Pittsburgh Steelers win Monday Night Football, they will clinch the division. So that first matchup in Cleveland probably wouldn't be a legit one. So I think the one in the playoffs would be a fresh go and not just the same game back-to-back. So like I said, guys, this Monday is a must-win. we got to see some dominance. we got to see a lot uh, more offensive production, and we are going to see a bunch of these starters come back on defense. But that is all the time that we have for this episode today. Thank you for joining in on the second episode of the Yenzational Podcast. I'm Junior Riddle. These are my guys, John Reynolds and Mark Webster. And for this week, we are out. Out.